January 1st. And now as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, we begin right at the very beginning of the New Testament, the book of Matthew, chapter 1, verse 1. We'll go through chapter 2, verse 12. Here's an overview. Matthew means gift of God. He was a Jewish tax collector who obeyed Christ's call and became one of the original twelve apostles. His given name was Levi. While writing especially for the Jews, Matthew proves that Jesus Christ is the son of David, the Messiah, the rightful heir to David's throne. Matthew's gospel stands first in the New Testament as the perfect bridge between the Old Covenant and the New, Israel and the Church, Prophecy and Fulfillment. Here in chapter 1, we'll read about uh, the fact that it's a special book. The Old Testament is the book of the genealogy of Adam, but the New Testament is the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. In fact, the genealogy of Jesus Christ is the last one given in the Bible. Here and in uh, Luke chapter 3, as we'll see later. The important thing is not your first birth, but your second birth. We'll read about a special providence. What may be to uh, some readers a boring list of difficult names is actually the record of God's working throughout the ages to bring His Son to earth. God ruled and overruled and fulfilled His great promises. In the same way, He will keep His promises and send Jesus back again. We'll read about a special child. The birth of Jesus was different from every other birth. He was conceived by the Spirit in Mary's womb and born with a sinless nature. He is God with us, Emmanuel. And He's also God like us because He took our nature and entered into human life and experience. What a wonderful Savior. And now, let's begin reading here in the New Testament. January 1st. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, through chapter 2, verse 12. This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of King David and of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah. Their mother was Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Amminadab. Amminadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz. His mother was Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed. His mother was Ruth. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon. His mother was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the father of Abijah. Abijah was the father of Asaph. Asaph was the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the father of Jehoram. Jehoram was the father of Uzziah. Uzziah was the father of Jotham. Jotham was the father of Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh. Manasseh was the father of Amos. Amos was the father of Josiah. Josiah was the father of Jehoiachin and his brothers, born at the time of the exile to Babylon. 
After the Babylonian exile, Jehoiachin was the father of Shealtiel. Shealtiel was the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the father of Abihud. Abihud was the father of Eliakim. Eliakim was the father of Azor. Azor was the father of Zadok. Zadok was the father of Akim. Akim was the father of Elihud. Elihud was the father of Eleazar. Eleazar was the father of Mathan. Mathan was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Mary was the mother of Jesus, who was called the Messiah. All those listed above include fourteen generations from Abraham to King David, and fourteen from David's time to the Babylonian exile, and fourteen from the Babylonian exile to the Messiah. Now this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, being a just man, decided to break the engagement quietly, so as not to disgrace her publicly. As he considered this, he fell asleep. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph! Son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to go ahead with your marriage to Mary, for the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this happened to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and he will be called Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded. He brought Mary home to be his wife, but she remained a virgin until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We have seen his star as it arose, and we have come to worship him. Herod was deeply disturbed by their question, as was all of Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law. Where did the prophets say the Messiah would be born? he asked them. In Bethlehem, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote, O Bethlehem of Judah, you are not just a lowly village in Judah, for a ruler will come from you, who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod sent a private message to the wise men, asking them to come see him. At this meeting he learned the exact time when they first saw the star. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me, so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way. Once again the star appeared to them, guiding them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house where the child and his mother Mary were, and they fell down before him and worshipped him.
Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But when it was time to leave, they went home another way, because God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Hi, this is Chandler Myers. I'm 22 years old, and I'm here at the refuge. I'm in phase one, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about my journey that led me here. I was probably about 13 years old. I was young. I ended up in a rough spot. My mom, she abandoned me. Me and my sister, we ended up homeless. Uh, never since then, I've been jumping around, house to house, couch surfing, living outside. I mean, doing whatever I could to survive and not knowing where I was going to eat, sleep, or shower or anything. And Eventually, I just got tired of the revolving door, so I was just looking for answers, and I'm not really, at first, I wasn't that big into God. I didn't know about him, and I decided to reach out for him one day, and something just told me to call my cousin, and I called my cousin, and I was telling him my situation, and he told me to check out the refuge, so I looked it up on Facebook, and Went to their orientation at the Veritas Church. And I tell you what, that was probably the best decision I made towards bettering my life. Uh, it, it's hard to explain. I mean, this place does so many great things for you. Uh, I Like I said at the beginning, I wasn't the type of person to believe in God. And when I was here, by any means, this place, it's not easy. It's far from easy. This place will definitely teach you self-perseverance and give you tools that you need to better yourself as a person. Just trust this process that they have here because it does work. And there's great brothers here that are behind you, behind you every step of the way, willing to pick you up when you're down. And uh, the coordinators, they're great. I mean, I wouldn't want a better group of people guiding me in the direction I need and... I ended up, this I never thought I would accept God in my life and this place right here it finally brought me to that breaking point to where I surrendered to God and gave my life over and I couldn't have asked for anything better ever since I did that it's just been good all around there's been no negative no nothing you wake up every day and all your brothers are just boosting you up giving you positive energy and they, they just want to uplift you and make sure you're doing right and keep you on the right path. You don't have to worry about being in the dark no more. You can be yourself around here. You don't have to be down and out and in the dirt, you know. You got people here that love you. So just trust this process and keep pushing forward. And if you want to change your life, the refuge is probably the best place for you to do it. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. Here's an overview of Psalms. This book, of course, is the hymnal of the Bible. The word psalm comes from a Greek word that means a poem sung to musical accompaniment. Many psalms were sung in the Jewish temple, and the New Testament church also uses psalms in worship. Some of the church's hymns and praise songs today are based on these inspired poems. The psalms express man's praise to God for who he is and what he does. They also express man's need of God 
in times of trial and his confidence that God will help. You'll find in the Psalms a full range of human emotions, from ecstatic joy to despair and contrition. You will also find a revelation of God that brings comfort and encouragement when you trust Him. Here in Psalm chapter 1, which we'll be reading in just a moment, we'll read about blessing. God enjoys blessing your life, but you must be blessable. That means having discernment, avoiding the steps that lead to sin, considering sin, that is walking, contemplating sin, standing, being comfortable in sin, sitting. Uh, Watch that first step. Blessing involves delight. The Word guides your walk and rejoices your heart. Meditation is to your inner person what digestion is to your body. You make the Word a part of your life and you grow. Blessing involves dependence. Your spiritual roots go deep into the resources of God's grace. And you bear fruit because His life is at work in you. We'll read about perishing as well. How tragic that anyone is perishing when Jesus offers abundant life. Contrast tree and chaff. If you want to see the difference between the godly and the ungodly, the godly receive blessing, but the ungodly receive judgment. You see, the psalm starts with blessed and ends with perish, and the choice is yours. Psalm chapter 1. Verses 1 through 6. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with scoffers, but they delight in doing everything the Lord wants. Day and night they think about His law. They are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season without fail. Their leaves never wither and in all they do they prosper. But this is not true of the wicked. They are like worthless chaff, scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Proverbs chapter 1 Verses 1 through 6. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. The purpose of these Proverbs is to teach people wisdom and discipline, and to help them understand wise sayings. Through these Proverbs, people will receive instruction and discipline, good conduct, and doing what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will make the simple-minded clever. They will give knowledge and purpose to young people. Let those who are wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. And let those who understand receive guidance by exploring the depth of meaning in these Proverbs, parables, wise sayings, and riddles. Psalm 1 